Well, hello and welcome to another Writer's Bookshelf podcast. It is, of course, a travelling bookshelf. And once again, I've jumped in the Jeep and I've travelled all the way from sunny Silsden. And this broadcast is probably going out in sometime mid-November, or certainly November. We're towards the end of October. And if you are a resident in the UK, we've had more than a bucket full of water. But I've managed to get here. I've travelled all the way to sunny Bainbridge. The battery's flat on the Jeeps. If you don't hear from me again, then I'm trapped. Help. Anybody out there, I'm sending out on SOS. Just like ABBA. Well, all my dreams have come true once again because once again I'm trapped in a room full, filled mainly with all these young, beautiful women. Let me cast your mind back. If you follow me on social media, you'll know that I was invited to Bainbridge, the WI. Also remember your good friend of mine, Diane Allen. David, will you give a talk for the WI? Yes, I will. And I came up here. And just across the way, I believe, in the church or the Methodist Hall or something like that. A very historical building. But I'm just... Today, I'm in Sycamore Court. Don't worry. They haven't finally got me. I haven't retired. I'm not old enough yet. I'm still, I'm still in there. I'm still battling on. But... We're going to share some stories and we're going to share some poetry today. I'm just looking straight across. I've got the wonderful Alison and just to the side, I've got Karen. So, people interested, we're going to come to you first, Karen, on a more serious note now. Behave yourself, please. Karen informs me that just at the last minute, about 30 seconds before we went, uh, started recording, just adjusting all the microphones. What does Karen say? Oh, she's done a little bit for radio. She's got a, la- a voice that you can hear from Glasgow, apparently, which I have to say is true. I've got to readjust the microphone now. Um, and she's done a little bit for hospital radio. So anyway, Karen, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you, David. I, what are you giggling for? Well, I always giggle. It's a very serious that podcast. Has, absolutely, this yes. <laughs> so just tell us, before we go into the realms of poetry and yes. stories... He kindly invited me to the WI of Bainbridge and possibly surrounded areas to share some of my work and talk to all you lovely people. Mm-hmm. But just tell us a little bit about the WI. Right, well, the WI is a national organisation um, for women, obviously, and uh, Bainbridge WI is a part of that national group, um, but we are in a federation that covers North Yorkshire West. Um, but Bainbridge WI is... Uh, a very, very active, proactive group oh, yes. of, of women. Um, we've probably got almost 40-odd members um, across an age range, hmm, slightly more mature, um, but that brings with it its own sense of um, experience. So, I like it. Yes. I like it. And how long, that's a little bit of a history lesson now, when did, I'm going to catch you out now, so how long has the WI been running for? Um, and it's still going strong, ooh, isn't it? It's, it's, it's some consider. Well, yes. we, were, we were learning actually today that it originated from the suffragette ladies. So that will be the early, the early 1900s. 1900s. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. So absolutely. We roundabout. We're not. Have we quite not quite probably quite reached World War One. If that's no. a sort of a, a, a yeah, 1914s, yeah, probably possi- a little bit earlier, around about that possibly. time. 1950, 1950, 1950 yes. Yes. yeah, World yes. War One. Now, it's yes. always good to have someone just at the side on yeah. Google. Absolutely fantastic. Well yes, well done. Indeed, good old so Google. Over, so, just over 100 um, yeah. years old, mm. which is, which yeah. is absolutely brilliant, and yeah. keeping going and keeping going. And what sort of things, if, I mean, there could be people listening to the, to the podcast, I think I want to get involved. 
Fantastic job you do. Yeah. And I'm sure you don't mind me saying this. Really opened my eyes when I came to share some of my poetry with you. And I think some people have a very a, a, an image or a vision of a WI. Jam Jerusalem. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that and not me. Yeah. It's very different, though. We are not Jam in Jerusalem. No, we no. We do a little bit of it. I, I like a little bit of Jam in Jerusalem. Well, we can, but we're so much more yes. than that, aren't we? What sort of things so are much more ladies? than that. Well, well, we are, as I say, a very proactive um, a group of ladies. So, although the WI is known for having a, a monthly meeting to get together, we also have numerous groups so that we involve our members throughout the month so it's not just one evening meeting you can go to our walking group you can go to our book club um you can go to our lunch club because we ladies in the wi oh, we do love we food. like to lunch yes. yes we like to lunch um, <laughs> and uh, we have a garden club um and an it club so there's always something that you could involve yourself in and as part of the wi we're also a campaigning group so each year we vote on a resolution to campaign to make life better for everybody um so we're always on the go and we're a part of the community um yeah it's it's mm. a supportive network it yeah. sounds absolutely yeah. fan mm. absolutely fantastic. always looking for new members yes. as well so. so again next question is this is now this is a man question isn't it? yeah you have to live mm. where can you come from further afield you have to live in Bainbridge or surrounding areas Ooh, no. to qualify or no, no, can, no. anybody listening you can no. come from no. we have we have people that do travel to here um, because primarily since Covid a lot of WI groups have folded yes um, but we are strong and we she keep going she might have going. inherited a few people yes we have them. inherited a few people and because we are so proactive and we provide good value for money with all our extra activities you're very good at, I like this you're very professional <laughs> then um, then yes people do travel so so we have people that come from Leyburn further down the dale and, and all villages around here we'll welcome anybody mm. you don't have to live and we collaborate as well with yes, different um, we um, groups so and in fact some of the pieces we're going to be reading today have come from uh, Thoroughby WI mm. and over towards Leyburn area so yeah. it doesn't you know we, we, we do collaborate together we together like, like a little bit of a network. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, all, it's, all, um, it's all sort of interesting stuff. So what is, what's next on the menu? Because, as I said, we're towards the end of um, October, mm. got November, December. What's, what's on the menu for the WI in November mm. or, and December? What's yeah. going to see us to the end well, of the year? We will, well, our, our clubs and activities will keep going. So our book club ladies are still reading and yes. chewing over what they're reading. Our lunch, what are we reading at the moment? What, what, what oh, it's chemistry, a lesson in chemistry. Lesson yeah, chemistry. which yeah. sounds very technical. Yes. Who chooses the books then? Is it just a... Each member has a go. I don't think they? they do. Yes, yes. yes. Each member has some a go. Some more popular. Yes, some more than popular others. than others. Yeah. Oh, nice facial expression. I said some, some, some more popular. Yes. I'm gonna leave that line of question. Yes, <laughs> yes, I would. Um, our lunch club ladies never stop going out to eat lunch. Yes. Um, but I think in November it's an afternoon tea, um, so that'll be nice. Um, our gardening club, we do some visits to various gardens, but we also meet at each other's homes 
to swap seeds and ideas. So those ladies are now planning for next year's garden because obviously the weather's have turned a bit. Um, and we have our AGM mm. in November when we re-elect our committee. Yes. So that's very exciting. A little bit of a look there towards Alison there, <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> well, no, I'm looking, we're, we're looking towards our towards lovely our, Nicola, yes, who's our, our lovely chair lady. Yes, President. absolutely. <laughs> Could yes. be and how do we celebrate Christmas? Oh, we're going to go out for lunch. Yeah, obviously. believe it or not, we, yes. we eat more. <laughs> we eat. We eat. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, yes. We're going out to, to have a nice posh Christmas lunch. Yes. And we do a little secret Santa thing and, and a little bit of entertainment, which this year could possibly be the committee. Um, oh, doing, doing a something. pantomime. Yes, yes, that's right. I'm supposed to be adjusting that. Maybe might be calling on you, yes. uh, David, to... Uh, I don't, well, you see, the good thing is I can say yes, because in, 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 a, in a modern era, I could possibly identify as a woman. Oh, oh no, no, you no. couldn't. And the good thing is, is that David, don't be so silly in, in a bygone era. You cannot deny me the fact that I could say, no, ladies, I'm sorry, I am a woman. Yeah. I could therefore I could be in the pantomime. Well, absolutely, yes. Well, I was yes. thinking more writing it rather yes. than... Oh. Uh, <laughs> we, we, Shucks, <laughs> you don't want to put on a panto dress and be dame yeah, be whatever. Sur- you'll be surprised <laughs> what I like to wear. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I was going to say, we yes. are deviating yes. somewhat from... Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. What can we look forward to in uh, 2024? 2024. You talked about mission, you talked about possibly raising some money. Or yes, yes. Yes, we have a we have a really a big programme of, of our meetings um, we've got some fantastic speakers and activities lined up for next year um, we will also be voting on the resolutions put forward by the uh, National uh, WI, we don't know what they are yet but they'll be out shortly um, we're, we'll be doing we're, we are planning our fundraising for the year because although our members pay a subscription that doesn't cover the cost of, of running the WI mm-hmm. for a year so we have some um, fundraising events in the pipeline where generally we're providing catering um, because we do that so well in the WI. Oh, mm. so it's all yes. food. Yes. It's all about the food. Um, so we yeah, we will be doing some of that for the year. Um, but we're just here to, to give our members um, somewhere to come, support from friends, mm-hmm. activities to do, um, and just to keep them busy, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and there's plenty of business going Where on here. Where can people get in touch? Are we on Facebook or we are on Facebook, yes, we are on oh, Facebook. What name, so, and what other social media so people might be? When I say people might be tuned in, they might be listening, they might be downloading. Tuned in, right. Well, we have a, we have a website, which, which is, is www.bainbridgewi.co.com. Dot com. Dot com. Might have to edit that bit. <laughs> it's fine. And our Facebook page is... Bainbridge WI Inspiring Women. Bainbridge WI Inspiring Women. Well, there you go, Met. our podcast yes. followers. Yes. If you are, you are inspired. Yes, get come you, and get see yourself, us. Get yes. yourself in touch. And if you, are you, are there was plenty of cake. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there's we, always we cake. We live off cake. Yep. Yes, yep. Ca- tea yep. and cake. Never mind jam and Jerusalem. It's tea and <laughs> cake. Tea and cake. Yes, yes. That's brilliant. <laughs> right, well, thank you for that information. The main driving force of the podcast is obviously the writing and the poetry. I know, well, sadly, some people can't make mm. it today, but mm. Alison, you've been sending me a number of emails, and I think what we are going to do is... We're going to listen to the poetry second half, but you've got, you've got some writing. Um, now I think between three of us, mm-hmm. myself, Alison, and Karen, we have 
a few pieces of paper with some offerings yes. on. So, Alison, let's come to you first. These are all yes. members of the yes. WI are living in the surrounding areas and they've been... Well, they've emailed you. Some, some yep. are sort of starting the writing career, some possibly a little more established. So yep. what's the piece you, you will be sharing with us? Well, so the first piece I've got, it's um, from someone, a lady called Catherine Anderson. She uh, used to live in Midland, now lives in Darlington. Uh, works in the Dales as a mobile hairstylist. Uh, her youngest child attends Wensleydale School in Leyburn, and she's a novice writer, publishes her stories on Wattpad under the pen name Lottie Jacobs, which sounds very interesting. Uh, and she's sent us a um, manuscript for a short story that she w- um, wrote, a paranormal paranormal novella nice and spooky time for Halloween she's saying here so shall I read you a little bit of please read us the start of that of this supernatural oh. novella okay chapter one the agent it wasn't the best day for a property viewing but it was predictable Ben looked towards the sky and with a shiver he raised the collar of his grey coat Rain pattered against his giant umbrella, decorated with the company logo, Goldman and Peterson, matching people with property since 2003. He was the Goldman half of the business, heads of lettings and property management. Ben wondered again if he'd drawn the short straw. Lettings were the backbone of the business, but it meant dealing with the constant stream of calls and emails from disgruntled tenants and tactfully managing the expectations of greedy landlords and wannabe property entrepreneurs. Ben had learned to smile at the right time. He was the frontman of the business, in charge of marketing and with a keen eye for refurbishments. By the time he turned 34, he'd ticked most things off his wish list. And 19 years later, he was just as hungry for success. Money was addictive. A trickle of water ran down his neck and he tipped the umbrella back. The house looming behind him had been on his books for 15 years. He'd let it at least 20 times and there was no doubt he would let it today. On paper, it was a gem. Three four bedrooms, two bathrooms, a large kitchen diner, two receptions and a staircase straight out of a costume drama. Built around 1750, it oozed history, class and privilege. Inevitably came the question, why is it so cheap? Absolutely fantastic. I have to say, Alison, you've got a lovely voice for radio. I think these might feature. I've got a nice face for radio, too, we were saying earlier. No, no, no. I think you might might have to read some more stuff out. It's uh, it's good stuff. So, yeah, and just to clear it up, if people are thinking, what's a novella? It's just not quite a novel. What people Mm. normally say is you've got short stories which might range from 2,000 words, 7,000 words. More than likely, under, under sort of 10,000 words, a short story competition. Um, and I think, to be honest, most novels, most publishing companies will say sort of 80,000 or 100,000 words and beyond. But then some people might pen something for, say, 30,000, 50,000 words. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously more than a short story, but not quite a novel. And mm. hence the word novella. Uh-huh. So I can't remember the exact Never figures, mm-hmm. but I do think it's like sort of 50,000 mm-hmm. words. Mm-hmm. It's falls in between 
if that makes yes. a little bit um, of sense. Mm-hmm. Have something else? Have you got something to offer? I have, uh, yes, if I can, if I can read this. Um, yep. Yes, I, I, I have a go. Um, this is something that um, I actually wrote for our WI newsletter, um, and um, it's it's hopefully entertaining. But um, I've called it the, the ladder of life. Um, so having just become a grandma recently, uh, hurrah, hurrah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, um, uh, I'm now, <laughs> yes, I'm, um, I'm now reflecting on life and the, um, the places that we pass through on our journey. So when my parents died, uh, very close together, um, I realised then that I was suddenly the oldest person in our family um, and felt the, the, <laughs> the associated pressure and responsibilities fall onto my shoulders, um, even though at, at this point I was still relatively young. Relatively young. I was in my <laughs> You're young, darling. Uh, yeah. So, um, so now that I'm a grandma, um, I'm suddenly feeling well, very old, quite frankly. Um, my age is catching up with me, and uh, my time here is <laughs> somewhat limited. Um, that made me think, sit and think um, about life and how we move up the uh, ladder of life, uh, even if we are not aware that we are doing it at the time. So here is my interpretation of the ladder of life. So step one is birth. We are born into a world we know nothing about (laughs) and have no control over. We hope we are born into um, a secure and loving environment, but again, we have no control over this. We are entirely dependent upon our parents to provide for us with um, nurturing, care and love we we need to develop. So some of us are lucky, often some less lucky, but nevertheless, this is a stage we really can, that can really determine our future lives. I apologise because we were in in the Sycamore Court and a lady just walked past looking in and she put a thumb up. Thumbs up. I put my thumb up, so I do apologise. I think so. Apology accepted. Not accepted. I think so too. I was finding it hard enough as it was. Oh, was it? Oh, right. Okay. Never trust a hairdresser. Never trust a hairdresser. No, no, absolutely not. Right. I'll, I'll persist. So, step two is childhood. And here we are launching ourselves into the world around us and making endless discoveries about it. We are still very dependent upon our parents to guide us in what is right and what is wrong and to keep us on the straight and narrow. However, we venture out making our own mistakes along the way but generally getting away with it <laughs> because we are just children and we can we can bounce back these years are apparently carefree and endless they they certainly seem that way when you look back <laughs> so step 3 is the 
semi-independent teenager. Oh dear. <laughs> we have reached the really tricky years. We are no longer a child, but equally not yet an adult, although we think we are. This is the stage when we rebel against everything, want to try everything, <laughs> and to take absolutely no notice of all that we are told by our parents. <laughs> we are here to have fun. Fun, 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 regardless of the consequences. We are, oh, sorry, I can't read this. We are, what does that say? Indestructible. Soon, some, some come through, oh, yes, some come through unscathed, whilst others less so. And that includes... Um, the parents. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Step, step four, adulthood. We reached the age of 18 and seemingly we turned into an adult, responsible for our own behaviour and way in the world. We are really excited and yet we are also very scared. But we can show it, we can't show it because all of our compatriots are doing it so well. So society expects us to know exactly what we are doing, but really we have no clue. <laughs> we set forth on our journey of fun, further education, sorry, of further education, work and travels, and we hope for the best. Sometimes we are successful, other times we are not. This is not what we had thought it was. Like, oh, what it would be like after years of dependence. Wanting to break free into adulthood. We can't possibly get it wrong at this stage. Now step five is a grown-up. Apparently, somewhere in our... 20s, dependent very much on our sex, <laughs> sorry, sex, a dependent Studying. upon our sex, <laughs> it's a show. Edu <laughs> education and upbringing, somewhere around 20, we turn into the, the fledgling adults. We are now entirely responsible for ourselves and the path of our life is taking. We are really excited to get out into the world and to try everything and are still having lots of fun. <laughs> although, although there are night... There are... Niggling? Niggling, sorry. Niggling worries in the back of our minds about where we are going next. Step six... Um, expert adults, I don't think I've ever reached this stage. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> no, not sure there is such a thing really. Um, but we can now no longer fall back on our childhood behaviour or lack of knowledge and experience to save us from ourselves and our mistakes. We are now competent 
adults and completely responsible. In fact, we may even be responsible for others if we have chosen to form a relationship uh, with another adult and perhaps even have our own children. This is really scary. No one taught us about this, about, about this bit, and at school, what, what we, what was the point of all that algebra when we, when we don't know how to talk to people, mm-hmm. set up a home, or raise a child? This bit is really scary, but we want to try and enjoy it. So somewhere, somehow, we might, we muddle through and turn ourselves into our own styled experts. Right, so, uh, and then, what, hang on, where am I? Uh, we should be having a wonderful life and everything should be just perfect. Exactly what is that again? <laughs> Not sure. We have found it, we haven't found it yet. We are too busy working, <laughs> worrying about our mortgage payments, the bills, hanging on to a, a good job, having the right car, putting the kids through the right schooling, taking the right number of holidays each year, etc., etc. God, it's <laughs> it's it's pressured. Why exactly did we think that this was the end of adulthood so early in our lives? So step seven is past it. Well, now we have reached the ripe... Yeah, the ripe old age of 50-ish. We clearly know... We clearly know it all, have done it all, and know exactly what is going on, don't we? No, of course we don't. We may have had a good, a good time thus far, but now things start to pack up on us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just when we thought we, we might have more time and money to enjoy our our lives um, we have decided we have decided what does that say decided we have decided still our bodies start to target oh sorry uh, uh, yes um sorry about this we have our bodies start to tire of the effort we thought we would have a lovely time around now coasting through to retirement but no we are starting again the the modern world thinks we are still fit as a fiddle and able to work for a good few years yet not quite sure how but it it will save the country paying out our pensions um that have been misinvested. (laughs) (laughs) We thought we would have plenty of time on our hands and money in our bank to be able to enjoy the latter years of our lives. But that is becoming a... 
eh? an increasingly distant dream. The modern world is very different to the one of our youth. And we are not only now trying to live our own lives and fulfil our remaining dreams, but we are also roped into helping out with childcare to manage the increasingly challenging lives of our children. We are probably having to juggle childcare for the grandchildren so that our children can continue to work and bring in sufficient money to keep a roof over their heads. And we may even also be responsible for the care of our own parents. As if that wasn't enough, we are being encouraged to continue to to contribute to our declining services by volunteering in our spare time, what spare time, uh, to, to help out these services. Blimey, they certainly didn't tell us about this when we were younger. <laughs> so exactly what bit of later life is, our, is ours to enjoy? Let's head back to our 20s and 30s quickly. Step eight, if, if we make it this far, we have done well. If we have made it this far and are still fit and able, we have done even better. <laughs> However, our children think we are... <laughs> we are... What does that say? Pre prehistoric. Prehistoric, sorry. And can wait can't wait to put us in a home. Despite our uh, excited... Uh, extensive. Oh, our extensive life experience, we have nothing to offer them. Exactly. They, <laughs> they hope a nice, fat inheritance will head their way. Well, sorry, kids. <laughs> Those days are long gone. In 21st century Britain, we are probably still working until the day we die. We haven't managed to pay off our mortgage, can't afford to retire because our pensions were ill-advised and badly managed. We have no savings to enjoy because you have had them all to keep you afloat over the years and neither we nor you can afford to put us in a home. <laughs> Step nine, I've nearly finished. Um, falling off the ladder. Uh, we know how this ends. Not a day we will look forward to nor know when it will come but if we have got to the rung of the ladder in our later years we have done well and probably need the rest <laughs> so that is my guide to the 21st century ladder of life now, being a grandma, I have clearly moved up a rung and I'm not too sure I like it much. Of course, I am thrilled to be a grandma, but the thought of what, what that brings on the ladder is a bit scary. <laughs> I guess this is the point 
where I sit and think about it, why I didn't do all the things I wanted to do when I was younger, nor did I heed the advice of my parents along the way. <laughs> uh, unlike the, the world we... Unlike... Where am I going? Nor did I... Sorry. I think I might have I think I might have reached later, later and now it seems like an uphill struggle. My advice to all those who want to listen, I am too old to know anything is just everything is just to enjoy every day like it's your last we should be grateful for the good things we have in our lives and treasure every moment here's hoping you all have quite a way to go yet on the ladder Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that was really difficult oh, to read. Yeah, but Karen. Oh, really well. no. We've attracted an audience. Yes. We've got a crowd in there. Got, got a crowd in. Yes. Hello, yes. ladies. Yes, I'm sorry. But but Karen is amazing because it's also. Well, no, but well, it's because I'm blind. I can't really see it. Yeah. I'm just struggling to pick the words out. But I, I honestly don't know how Karen does it. And, and Karen is amazing as part of our WI. She's yes. very involved with writing things like. Like this, um, which are uh, uh, lovely pieces that appear often at the end of our newsletters, and Karen does all of this with very limited uh, sight. Uh, so you know, you. She, it's you. quite amazing. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So in your, in Let's your 20s, all go back and do it all and properly. Do it all again. But would you no. change anything? Well, you That's see, a question. Yes. People here, so you would not. Question, question to Alison. Mm. Mm. Go back to your team. Teenage years. What? Uh, what's one thing you tell yourself? Let's oh say you're a time traveller now. You've gone back. Let's <laughs> take the age. Let's take the wonderful age of eighteen. Oh my so, so faces when I said that. Wasn't um, so, Alison, you're now eighteen. Oh. Alison now is looking at eighteen-year-old Alison. What are you going to oh say to yourself now? Remember, goodness. it's a family broadcast. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably tell myself to to worry less. I think I spend a great deal yeah. of time, uh, especially yeah. at that age. I suppose when you were eighteen, you I'm have a little bit crazy. And maybe <laughs> you know, and also messing with my hair. I think that would have been the other thing. I used to backcomb it, put in an enormous beehive, a bit like Amy Winehouse, who did it later than me. I must admit, because I. I am a little yes, bit older, but I would mess with. Thank you, <laughs> but I'd mess with my hair a bit too much. So I would. I'd say they're the two things: worry less as and. It, uh, as the hair. <laughs> as it, as it you feel like a lesser person. Well, no, because I still want to do it inside me. Well, I still want it. I don't What's know. There's not enough of it. That's the trouble. <laughs> Karen, you've been transported. Only a short distance back in time to the age of 18. Do you like that one? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you going to say? If I went back to being 18 from now, knowing what I know now, <laughs> which, of course, I didn't when I was 18, I would just say, absolutely, worry less, enjoy yourself more, do everything you want to do. Mm. So you both said worry. Yeah. And that worries me. Yeah, oh, exactly. There you go. Yes. <laughs> you see, stuff, we hey. are a worried society. <laughs> Why? Why? pressure of life do you think so yes absolutely yes too many pressures on people to to be some examples um well i i i think we we all have expectations now there was a time in life where 
all we needed to do was keep a roof over our head mm-hmm. and food on the table and make sure that we were all well looked after. And now, in my head, society says we have to have a house that's that big mm-hmm. and a car that looks like that and another yes. car that looks like that and we have to go on three holidays a year. And, and a I have celebrity status. Yes. Retire when you're yes, 38. Exactly. And, and that puts pressure on people and so they worry mm-hmm. that they haven't achieved and that's not what life mm-hmm. is about. But you don't realise that until no, later. You and you mentioned about the hair and, yes. and sort of looks as well. Possibly more for the female or the males are catching well, up. I well, don't know. Well, no, yeah. in the last 10 years, that's mm-hmm. probably changed. Yeah. I think possibly for, for women, girls to look like this, yeah. look like that. Look, always been that yeah. pressure. Yeah, absolutely. But it, you think you're right in saying that even, I think, a lot of men have reached that stage. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, all this uh, uh, face facial care for men and what have you, that was never no. been invented when no. I was younger. No. I wouldn't have ever expected to see my dad standing <laughs> at a mirror putting, you <laughs> know, moisturiser on, moisturizer on, on or, or whatever. Exactly, yeah. but but now it's all changed and, you know, the the, the lines have merged mm. and, and things are very crazy. different. Mm. Gym, mm. You say I don't get a figure like this with fish and chips. Yes. Good stuff. The good <laughs> stuff. No. You, you just you just take it off. So yeah, so so Alison, I think you might have some offerings. Oh, another piece. Yes. Uh, would you like me to you do tell like, share this Yorkshire dialect? Oh, yes. You, I'm going to struggle here now. Oh, okay. Right. The audience, watch because watch even though I am a, a Yorkshireman, <laughs> born and bred, now just remind me because Yorkshire dialect. I'm not going to read it all, oh. and I believe this is this is the is this the recording. Uh, Yes, Albert Calvert. Yes, um, tell us a little bit about Albert. Yes, Albert's uh, 95 years old, lives over in mm. Leyburn. And I first met him because I was involved with the Di- Dialect Heritage Project over at the Hawes Countryside Museum. And I interviewed him for that, and he actually read this, this same piece. And what he does, he writes in dialect, which essentially means... <laughs> You know, it's it's spelt how it sounds, uh, and we've recorded him earlier on. I was just thinking, you know, when you were saying about um, things you'd, you'd do when you were 18, when I spoke to Albert at 95, he 95. said to me, uh, he said, I, I, I always needed to be somewhere else 10 minutes ago. Mm. And I thought to myself, that's very much how modern life is. Mm. And Albert saying that expression, I thought, was mm. just wonderful. It's um, but what I will do is, obviously, when I put all this together, because we'll put a bit of music mm. at the beginning and the end, I'll get, you've sent me the recording, yep. it's easy for me to add. Mm. I've had a quick scan through here, and even as a so-called born Yorkshireman, it is, it's always, Real it dumb. reminds me of when I was at school, and they say Shakespeare, and he owned it. And I think if you read a lot of old English now, even that's quite difficult Very, to read. Yeah. And I've just been glancing through it, and even though you can speak <laughs> a, a more broad Yorkshire yeah, accent, yeah. when you're reading it, it's very it, it difficult. Very, it's very so hard. Yeah. You're looking, you're not flowing. Your brain is processing it. Because it's not spelled right, you're trying to process yeah. the word. Yeah. And then you realise what it is. So what I'll do, I'll share a little bit of yes. it. Yeah. But we'll play, what we'll do at the end, obviously we won't hear it. Yeah. when we're here now but obviously when we finish this recording and finish this podcast yeah. I'll hopefully I'll, I'll, we'll put that on the yeah. end and Brilliant. I think it'll do it justice yeah. if, if Albert shares it with them um, yes. yeah. he'll do a better job than me so what I'll do is he says Yorkshire dialect 
He says, Albert Richard Calvert. I was born up in the village of Preston under Scar, Wensleydale, North Yorkshire. Born April. That's not a bad month, same as me. But 1928, <laughs> slightly before me. <laughs> um, he attended, attended Wensley Church of England School. The way of life in the 1920s and 30s was very different to the way we live today. Families had lived for generations in the village with little experience of, of the outside world. I look back today, remembering the residents who lived in the village, good hard-working people, all characters, each with an interesting life story. These people should not be forgotten. This is where it goes a little bit pear-shaped now, <laughs> listeners, because this is where I'm going to try. You know I'm Do you want me to do no? it? <laughs> <laughs> right. I brought up at large village of Preston, under Scar, under Scar at Middle at Wensleydale, early 30s, and that's where I learnt to speak as I do. Right. Uh, my next door neighbour, I'll have a bit, D-U-R-E, say that, yeah. So, um, my next door neighbour uh, says to me, what's to do with here? Um, I says, I'm going up to the library. What's the guy there for? Um, does that read books? Um, I was going because it gets a message from Doubter um, telling me to get me set up today because they're wanting folks who can speak at proper folks born in Yorkshire than those. It's a bit like, um, reminds me of what they call him. Oh. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, he'll come to me in a minute. Sticks to the road. So, um, oh, the actor, he'll come to me. Bald any fella. Um, he'll come to me in a minute. Mm. Right. On arrival, a Greek lasso counter. Um, I wish to have said, uh, I guess a very warm welcome from last who can't understand my language. You only come from village further down Dale. I asked her, um, what's they looking for? The Yorkshire dialect, she says, right, I says, get this end some. And that's it. And there's a little bit like, yeah. I start off with Dave, a chap called Dick, a general farm labourer and shepherd. Um, his first job, his first job, it mo I can't tell that. His, his first job, it was mooring father, um, father, and um, water us. Oh, I see, yeah, water us. Um, get Galloway ready for more then. Um, and I can't make out what the next one says, to be honest. But uh, it's pretty good stuff. Unless it's, you want to have a look. Oh no, definitely yeah, not. Like, <laughs> I have to say, it's quite difficult. It is, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. To sort of do. Um, there's a little bit here, look, two, uh, two lads played all day, but it famished. Um, time to get home for tea, party words, what sort of tonight? Uh, I'm all right, I said. Um, and then he goes on to say, um, I don't know if I can say that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> there's a word here that I'm going to spell out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, I'm, it's, it's even spelt wrong, so I'm, 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 <laughs> no. I'm not going to have a go. I think no. I know what it means, but mm. I'm not going to say it. And he finishes off by saying, um, uh, they may have wine, they may have thunders quite a lot, but my sin is what we're here. Um, time to make my way back, uh, way back then, and yourselves back to where you come from. Um, enjoy your company, have a good journey back, and look forward to seeing you again. 
So, I, I do hope that I have done it yes. a little bit of justice. Mm. It would have been easier. It's just a bit of a character, don't you? Yes. But it's just reading it. Mm. But I think that the... the it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's Al, at, at 95. I know, yeah. I know. And, yeah. and to write that yeah. at 95. Yeah. And, and all that memory. It's about some fantastic... Yeah. When he's ca- also... And cap- he around here. Yes, he lives at Laban, about... Mm. Uh, Mm, five, 13 miles, yeah, 13 yeah, miles yeah, away, just, yeah. Just yeah. But yeah. but I think the nice thing, because with um, Albert being involved in the dialect project, a lot of the uh, word, the words and the phrases, he's actually captured. Um, he's you know mm. obviously from his experience, and these um, phrases and expressions are all starting to disappear with the advent of yes. television mm. and uh, people travelling and people not necessarily families remaining in the Dales. Mm. So actually these um, pieces are capturing a bit of history, which is what this dialect project was about. What you're saying about sort of celebrity status. And just on a little bit of a sideline, it's funny you say that because I think people do lose their accents. Mm, Absolutely. And and they have that sort of, um, people say like a London accent or a Southern accent, but it's not, it's it's no accent at all. No. And a lot of people now in TV, film, especially radio, that all, all the regional dialect has yeah. gone it's and good, I, I yeah. actually penned a poem mm. called um, called York, Yorkshire uh, dialect mm. um, because I haven't been, been criticised but I once had someone tuned in when I was on radio um, and all I say is a friend who was a guest on the show and then she went um, oh David um, it's very Yorkshire isn't it <laughs> that's, that's what I got to it when I said well it will be because it's broadcast from, <laughs> from, 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 from Yorkshire yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, who's in the title sort of <laughs> on, on your travels yeah. it's, you know that people say like I like to do obviously programmes mm. like this because mm. it could be Yorkshire could be in mm. Birmingham could be London local dialect mm. and, it is, and, it's, and it is sort of dying yeah. like you said mm. it's dying mm. now mm. it's very yeah. hard to read it. it but the strange thing is if, if Albert was sat there now I, I think everybody would understand Yes, yeah. exactly. If you're talking to Albert, yeah. you understand yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. And if yeah. you're listening on the, t- on the TV, yeah. or if, if you've sort of acted, as you said, yeah. in pantomime, you can do that sort yeah. of dialect. But I'm going to say it one more time. It's, <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to do, yeah. 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 To sort of read yes. it. Yes, yes. And so it's even there. Have you got something else for us there? Y- yes. Um, Alison. Yeah, what I was hoping to do next is still um, something to do with the WIs. So this is a lady... The leaving now. Oh, leaving. hello. <laughs> it was that <laughs> awful. <laughs> you attracted him. You attracted him. Oh, oh dear. And, uh, and no, I, they've gone. They've gone. They didn't want to listen to Alison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I won't take it personally. Oh. Um, this goes on the way. Okay, here I go. So this is um uh, this is a, a short story written by a lady called Karen Catherine, sorry, Anderson. Uh, she wasn't able to come today, but she asked if we could read it out because it yes. won the Lady Denman short story writing competition in 2022, uh, which is the WI. Uh, it was a, a WI short story, which is why I thought it would be nice 
if we were able to include it. Uh, she just said a little bit about herself, that she lives in Carlton and is a full-time carer. Uh, and she's had a novel unpublished, some short stories and poems, and she finds writing enables her to de-stress and feel full feel fulfilled there we go i got it i could say it <laughs> oh dear so the winning entry for the women's institute lady denman cup uh, short story competition it's called community uh, i entered the village hall to the sound of trestle tables rumbling like fledgling thunderstorms as they were being dragged across the floor lids from shiny tea urns rattled along the insistent along with the insistent chatter from gathered volunteers in danger of drowning out a crackling radio on the windowsill. You're on the welcoming table, a voice called out. OK, I answered, as I admired the bright yellow sunflowers on the tables, their cheerful faces following the sun which streamed through the glass dome overhead. Then, quite unexpectedly, it hit me. I couldn't swallow, my eyes pricked with moisture, together with a dread in the pit of my stomach as I remembered, years ago, in the same room, flowers on tables. However, these were poppies, a host of vibrant poppies, straining like soldiers in red uniforms towards the sunlight. I recalled searching for signs of familiarity as I entered this place for the first time, and my body relaxed somewhat as I spied, spied these flowers of my homeland, Poland torn apart by war, from which I had fled, leaving everything and everybody behind. A flower this community had carefully chosen to say, welcome, we care. It spoke volumes to me. Armed with little English, images of crumbling buildings, broken glass and scattered toys playing in my head. I stood in about the same spot, the acrid smell of burning clinging to my clothes, my heart pounding as I stared in bewilderment at these unfamiliar surroundings. I was in a small building on the edge of a village. I would later come to know this as the community hall. Through the picture window, sheep grazed on a hillside and stone walls adorned fields as far as the eye could see, a world away from the devastation I had left. Shortly, a rosy-cheeked woman appeared, bearing an enormous smile and portraying a kindness and assurance which conveyed she would solve any problem thrown in her direction. She spoke warmly as she addressed my trembling self. Hello, what is your name? Anya Koval, I whispered nervously. The years have passed. My memory is hazy or maybe my brain is safeguarding me. However, I did begin to feel a little better on that day. I gave more family information, albeit in broken English, but the visitors were patient and kind, often smiling when we recognised a similar word or phrase. The community held me in its arms at a time when I needed holding. They provided me with a home, food, unwavering kindness, love and support. Now, after all these years, as an active member of the community, it's my turn to provide the care and kindness to people fleeing from another war. How sad we never learn. I stare at the sunflowers. The community have grown specially to welcome and say we care. We are starting here with the flowers, but our community can and will do much more if you'll let us. And that was Catherine Anderson. Excellent, <laughs> excellent story. Now, do you have any more? Because I know I've got a little bit of poetry here. We're going to move on to the poetry in a second. Is that all the stories finished? Or are you trying to hide? You see, the thing is, clever, <laughs> cleverly done, you say, but it, the thing is now, 
<laughs> listeners, global listeners, because we, we've had people listening in America, Australia, Italy, mm. Wales. <laughs> oh, sick, Wales is not on the Wales, <laughs> Scotland, Ireland, mm. all over the place, Alison. Okay. Now, you sent me an email, you did send me one, and you've kindly printed them off. We are going to move over to the portrait very, yes. very shortly, but... See? I do believe, <laughs> I do believe there's just one more... One more. ...little story. Okay. I think you've penned it. It's I yours. did, I did, and I'm going to... Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, if I could give you a tiny bit of background about this. When I lived down in London, I've lived, well, with Yorkshire for a number of years, but anyway, when I lived down in London, I joined a writing group and we became known as the non-writing writing group because we used to discuss writing and we and we'd have a lot of well it wasn't a cake but you know meals out and going you know out to the theater or generally just excuses to meet up and have a drink but we never wrote we even had a retreat the non-writing writing group had a retreat to the cottage in Yorkshire and we spent a lot of time walking eating and generally talking but never did any writing so it's sort of become quite synonymous and I know they'll be listening to this podcast and they know who they are but they're a wonderful uh, group of friends who I met through this writing group and um, sometimes when you you're wanting to write and life is just taking um, uh, you don't have the time you've got to make the time and that's it writer's excuse is writer's block so a friend brought me a block that's actually called writer's block and inside it is about 250 ideas uh, for you to write and so what I would do when I was living and working in London I'd get up half an hour early uh, from my working day and I'd literally open this writing writer's block yes. and I'd read what was on it and I would write, I set the timer for half an hour and I'd write for half an hour. And the great thing about the writer's block is it would have like the opening line, uh, that's the opening line you would need to use for your story or it would have the closing line or it would give you a colour, the colour blue that you've got to include or a, a lost dog or, um, you know, a trip to the theatre or, or just... just just something that you had to include that meant you didn't sit there going, right, what am I going to write? Because <laughs> that actually would be the whole half hour mm. gone. Mm. The biggest distraction now is probably something like YouTube. Mm. Yeah, well, mm. yes. If I, I can do that, I can get everything set up with fantastic mm. intentions. Ready and to it write. Could be YouTube, coffee, mm. cake, anything. Mm. But, you know, then where's the morning gone? Mm. Nothing's happened. Yeah, know? yeah. It's three lines. Mm. But it's just, I, I know, it's just getting something that will force you into to doing it. Because if not, as you say, a week will go by or another Nothing and happens. you'll have never done anything. So this was my fairly rubbish attempt at something that I did. And the opening line from my writer's blog was called The Guest... Just before I begin, I'm also going to say I'm a huge detective story fan, uh, so this will make sense in a second. Um, The opening line that we had to use were the guests arrived at the summer house. Now, all of us here, if that was your opening line, the the guests arrived at the summer house... It could go anywhere. So anyway, this is what happened to me. (laughs) The guests arrived at the summer house and sitting down moved nervously in their seats. Percule Harrow thoughtfully stroked his large uh, sideburns as Miss Marbles continued to knit quietly in the corner. 
She might look fluffy and dithery in appearance, but Percule knew inwardly she was as sharp and as shrewd as they make them. Forgive me for calling you all here, but I like an audience, Harrow began. May we? I like to say, see how clever Percule Harrow is. Well, just how clever is Monsieur Harrow, said Miss Scarlet, moving the candlestick that was obscuring her view of the famous uh, Scandinavian detective? To begin with, I was stupid, incredibly stupid, continued Harrow. To me, the stumbling block was the pistol found in the library. Why had that pistol been left at the scene of the crime? The pistol that belonged to you, Colonel Mustard. He turned to stare at the Colonel with a quiet triumph in his eyes. Look here, old man, I say. With a stifled exclamation, the Colonel had sat up in his chair. Anyone could have access to that pistol. All the guests in the house knew that I kept it in my study beside my shooting trophies, blustered the Colonel. Ah, there was that safari in Africa. Miss Marbles shifted a little in her chair. Harrow hastily interrupted. Unless, may we we, that was not the murder scene. He looked round on three uncomprehending faces. I was confident that the missing coffee cup was that of the victim, but it was clear that she had been poisoned. Strychnine, in fact. The only person who had access to that drug was you, Professor Plum. Harrow surveyed the professor thoughtfully. Professor Plum raised his eyebrows sceptically and, shaking his head from side to side, remained silent. Exactly, Harrow paused. But was the coffee poisoned or was it not? We come to a little difficulty here, since the victim never drank it. What? The cry of of surprise was universal. Only Miss Marbles nodded her head in quiet agreement. No, the broken coffee cup has been found by the butler in the conservatory beside the rope. In the deathly silence of the summer house, the only sound that could be heard was the click, click, click of Miss Marbles' tireless knitting needles. She may be a gentle old lady with a rather fussy manner, but she is starting to get on my may wee 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 nerves, thought Harrow. Sighing, Harrow cleared his throat and continued. You will remember my speaking of a stain on the carpet in the library beside the lead piping? There were some peculiar points about that stain. It was still damp, it exhaled a strong odour of juniper berries, and in the nape of the carpet I found some tiny pieces of lemon. What happened is mere guesswork, but I should say the victim broke the coffee cup in the conservatory when she tripped over the dagger, but she returned to the billiard room in order to get herself a drink to steady her nerves. A drink served by you, Miss Scarlet. Everyone turned to look at Miss Scarlet, except for Miss Marbles, who couldn't miss a stitch. Miss Marble, uh, Miss Scarlet looked at her row, the colour slowly rising in her face. And what other medium was there, a medium so suitable for disguising the taste of strychnine that goes with gin and is so extraordinary that no one has thought of it? Harrow looked around the summer house, which was now full of breathless excitement. Do you mean the murderer introduced the strychnine into a tonic? Reverend Green cried, finally glad to have a line. Before Harrow had time to reply, there was a loud bang, and Percule Harrow, the famous Scandinavian detective, slumped slowly to the floor. Of course it was in the gin and tonic, you idiot, retorted Miss Marbles, holding the smoking weapon while still continuing to knit one per one. I thought that old windbag was never going to shut up. As anyone who knows that Tolstoy will tell you, if you mention a piss 
pencil at the start of your first paragraph, it absolutely must go off by the end of the second. I tried. Some hidden talent there, Alison. You're good at your acting, though, aren't you? A little bit of pointing, a bit of French and Belgian. Well, yeah. I think you found the star of the show. Of the pantomime. Oh, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Does that conclude how we're going to move on? It certainly, most certainly does. I'll tell you what I'll give you both a rest. I've got, you've given me a few pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. Eleanor Scar. Mm-hmm. Who is yes. Eleanor? She's a member of the WI. Yes, yes, she's... Sadly, can't make it today. Yeah, she's a long-standing member. Yes. Um, and uh, a pillar of society around here. Um, and, uh, is, is she listening? Would she be listening to this? What, what are you laughing for? <laughs> well, you know. Just... I want to be Yes. No, 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 no. Eleanor is... Um, she is she is famed locally for her... For um, reasons. Yes, absolutely. She, she probably will play this down a bit, but she is very talented. Yes. And... Uh, she she does dialect very mm, well mm. Um, and humour. She would do really well with Albert's. Yeah, she would do really she, well with yes. Albert's bit, yes, yes. And she quite often is our entertainment at some of our WI events. Yeah. So really. she'll put a hat on, do a bit of something, swap a hat, do something. Very good. Yes, yeah. very, mm. very good. I have got a mental picture now, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so this is for you, Eleanor, and I hope I do it a little bit of justice. He said, Bluebell Walk, 2021. To Bainbridge WI. So let's see, let's see, there's a few, there's a few words crossed out, but I shall endeavour. Mm-hmm. And if they're crossed out, I'll just, I'll just go for it, I'll just keep going. Yeah, just keep I'll going. just keep going. Okay then, a little bit of poetry. I've got some sign language going. We've got another, we have, we have another member of the audience. Oh, oh Get yourselves in. Oh. <laughs> who's, who, who's joined us now? Who's joined us live in the studio? Not, not just... All right, we've been guests. Okay, we have. Come and see the bluebells. You have an open invitation. We'll walk together up the wood and look to gather inspiration. The bluebells drift between the trees amongst wild garlic and flowering cherry. You will go home happy, relaxed. Maybe even Murray. Mm-hmm. One PM on Wednesday in the Murray month of May. Bring a stick, it might be slippy, was all that I could say. After quite a lovely morning, we looked west as we set forth. The storm clouds seemed to gather, but it didn't put us off. <laughs> <laughs> Trudging up the pasture. The wind was blowing up. Rain came down in buckets full. You couldn't make it up. We blah, 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 we struggled to the top and look at look at at um, walling and something more. I do apologise. <laughs> I thought I'd show you two years' work. Um, a length of walk, a length of a length of wall. Sorry, that I thought was awfully good. Looking west to see this site was um, such an impossibility. Rain was driving at us and blotted out all visibility. (laughs) 
We saw no need to hang about, so turned back to reach Grange Gill. Through the gate, with bluebells, sly and drooping, we lost all sense of thrill. A little shelter in the wood, but the rain was still coming down. We made our way to the slippy slope, still happy, but some with a worrying frown. I had done a risk assessment on Sunday afternoon, but nothing prepared me for what, for this slippery slope of doom. I gently picked, uh, sorry, I gently picked my way, shocked at the amount of puddle, whilst looking back at the hilltop where a few stood in a huddle. <laughs> it soon became apparent at the bottom. I shouted. I should stand to catch each person as they slipped past <laughs> so they could so they could safely land. Walk on the garlic, I shouted, to get a bit of grip. Too late for Jill. She was on her bum and over she did tip. <laughs> Sticks in the air, yet graceful. We soon got her back on her feet. But nothing could take away the problem of puddle that was stuck to her seat. <laughs> one by one, they inched their way, trying careful not to skate, hanging onto the trees. So slowly they came, back running through in full spate. I think that's what it says. Looking back at the top, I saw Mary, who seemed to be teetering on the edge. What if she falls and lands in a heap down from this precarious ledge? I... It's okay. It's okay, came a shout. Keep on going. I can do it. Don't worry about me. Have I, have I missed something out there? Ooh, don't think so. so. Have, have, I, have I done it all there? Ooh. Yeah, probably. Mm. Have, have you read them in the right order? <laughs> all the words, but not necessarily in the right order. <laughs> no, no, I do apologize. No, it goes on. Sorry. Oh, hello. No, it goes on. Because it goes on. My apologies. Right, let's just oh, rewind a little bit. Yeah. It's, yeah, because it, it goes a bit, the writing goes a little bit strange, you see. Oh. I thought it was the end. Right. Right, this oh, th this is Bainbridge. Right, this is for page three. Thank you. It even says page three. You just can't get the stuff. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> this baby's to be right. Yeah, right. Okay. Right, Janet was calm and confident. No stick to ready her at all. She just came down slowly sideways and never attempted to fall. Last but not least, came came out Annie, as if, as if. Oh, yeah, as if off piste and on skis. <laughs> she steadied herself with two paws, never needing to grab at the trees. Was <laughs> <laughs> down on flat ground, much relieved, I recall. Not hurt, just a dent in our pride. Poor little Jean was puddled up to her knees. I thought we could all just have cried, but the rest of the wall was just quite... The rest of the walk was just quite easy. Primroses, orchids and birds... Cherry. Can't make that word out, apologise. <laughs> Bit of a bad sort of recital this. The rain was subsiding and not quite so breezy. Uh, as back round to Colby we went. Those who could race home to get changed. Then we all met in Bainbridge for tea. <laughs> the chatter and company was amazing. Will we do it again? 
Well, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> so, my apologies for just no. sort of getting a little bit wrong because I think that might have been written in maybe two or three parts because the handwriting mm. starts off quite wonderful and then it deteriorates. Oh. a little bit uh, well, this Sorry, was Eleanor, and then it just it's the word crossed out. Yeah. So I do apologise oh, for just bless. making a few bloops. Well, there. she was hoping to be here today, oh, yes. so it's, it's it's a shame she couldn't. Yeah. But but this was to do with one of the walks, yeah, wasn't it? it? Was that, a, a, we do, we do a blue WI. walk most years because uh, Eleanor has a wood around her house. And um, Fonny Bowman. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but that that day was absolutely one of the, well, it's a bit like Storm Babette that we've just had. You know, one minute it, it looks lovely and the next minute the heavens open and, and every and every drop of yeah. rain in the world falls on you and, and that sort of became an assault course rather than a, a, a walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm glad that Eleanor saw the funny side of it. It's a poetry. Yes, poetry, absolutely. Yeah. Alison, have you got something maybe about a robin? Oh yes, I have indeed. So mm-hmm. this is another story um, sorry, poem by Catherine Anderson. Uh, she said one of her favourite books was when she was a child was Silly Verse for Kids by Spike Milligan. My dad's an absolute fan oh, of Spike Milligan, so Spike. I think uh, he's yeah. going to enjoy yeah. this. I can only hope to inspire such feelings of silliness, nonsense and fun as a nod to Spike with my own feeble attempt called The Robin. Yeah. So this is The Robin by Catherine Anderson. A robin visited me today with its vibrant red breast in a song underway. Have you got some scraps for me? Perhaps some fat or a worm or three? Some tasty morsels to build me up? A few split seeds in a broken cup? You see anything that you can spare? Will greatly help my belly? Hurry up and do it now. I want to watch your telly. For your indoors looks warm and cosy as I hop upon the fence. I watch your world and wonder why, and it doesn't make much sense. You see, I am a little bird who likes to soar on high and splat the postman on his head as he passes by. This to me is such good fun until a fox or owl decides to lie in wait for me, and then it can get foul. Quick, quick, I am a clever chap. I'm off before they know it. I fly next door and perch up high, alas, the cat below it. So if you see a robin perched upon your fence, feed it well and treat it well, or splatting will commence. (laughs) Splat. (laughs) The robin's revenge. (laughs) Is that the end of the poetry? Apart from Yvonne's... I've got it here, just making sure. Because what I do have is, Mm. while I introduce this, perhaps... Mm Yvonne could come and join us yeah. to swap over. Yeah, if you absolutely. Don't mind. Yeah. Because I think we are getting to the end of the podcast. And this is a little bit of, this is unrehearsed. In fact, the whole yes. event has been unrehearsed. It's the best way to do it. Can you tell? Yeah, yeah, very professional. Very professional. As, as usual. Yeah. There you go, Dick. Now, I have, I have in front of me, as I've said before, I'm in the wonderful surroundings. I mean, the wonderful surroundings of Sycamore Hall. Hall. Yes. And I've got the lovely Vaughn <laughs> in front of me now, laughing away. Now, uh, the very last chapter, that's not me, the last chapter is never here. No. The very last chapter is a poetry book by Vaughn Bell. If you don't mind me asking, Vaughn, what wonderful age have you reached? A gentleman should not ask a lady. Uh, her age, but whoever said that I was a gentleman? 
<laughs> no one. <laughs> I'm 87. 87 years young. Brilliant wow. stuff. So you've asked me to share some of your work. So I'll just ask you a few questions then. Are you a born and bred Yorkshire lass? No, I was born in Linkster and I came to Hawes when I was 15. 15, so you've been here quite a while. They then, did tell Hors. me when I came here that I would have to be there 40 years before I'd be registered as a Yorkshire. If that. <laughs> but uh, there's nobody alive now that uh, oh, knows that I wasn't a Yorkshire. <laughs> oh, oh, you might have given it away on this podcast. Well, <laughs> You're rumbled. So born and bred in Lincolnshire, why, why the move in the first place then, if you don't mind me asking? Sorry. Why did, why did you move in the first place? You said you moved here when you were 15. The parents uh, came to work in Hawes for Kit Calvert. Right. Gosh. So work. So really work mm. brought, yes. you, brought you here. And I was just leaving school at that time. And so I went to Darlington College. And, uh, yeah, and that's how it... And have you... Are you enjoying your time in Yorkshire? Absolutely. Yes. Because <laughs> you, you don't want to move back. <laughs> you, you don't want to move back. Oh, no. 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 Very flat is Lincolnshire. Well, mm. what can I say? Yorkshire. Yeah, know, it's the best. Everybody. <laughs> well done, Alison. It's, it's the, the best. best. So where did your interest in poetry first come about? Were you an avid reader at school? There's Absolutely. A, yes, a, and really did a lot of reading. Poetry and prose, or, or just... Anything you could really More, get your hands on. I started re- really writing short stories yes. and poetry when I was at school, but I never kept any of them. Mm-hmm. And they all got destroyed, and bringing up a big family and such like, other things got in the way. And so I thought, those are the last few, and I can't see very well now, and can't hear very well, so... <laughs> so I decided that I was going to get those printed, those last few. Mm-hmm. And really, this is something else that I'm giving away that I shouldn't. I thought that uh, when you buy a Christmas card, you read it once. And so I thought I would get a lot of those printed and send them out instead of Christmas cards so that people could read them more than once. Absolutely fantastic. Mm. That's a fantastic mm, thing lovely. to say because I, I have to say, just as a slight tangent, do you think, in general, Christmas cards are on the decline? Oh, yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. You know, Christmas, I think, myself, Alison and, and Carol were talking about society of looking good mm. and all these sort of high expectations. You just open a card and... Mm. Do, some people send... Um, they call them e-cards. They oh, them yes. I don't know why you'd That's bother. Right, yeah. Yeah. I've one of those. You can do things on your phone now, can't you? Mm. Where you get things where it's sort of not just like Merry Christmas, but it is a card. It's Carol's shaking her head in this <laughs> I know. You can't see that. What? Um, on his radio or podcast. Yeah, mm. and I just think it's a little bit not... It's not personal, Not the same, no. And cards are very similar now, aren't they? Mm. You know, well, and thank you cards. The day of, of sending... We, <clears throat> whenever we got uh, birthday presents, Christmas presents, we used to have to sit before we were allowed to play with them yes. and write thank you cards. Yes. Nowadays, yes. honestly, you don't even know if things have arrived, you know. It's, it's, just, just, it's just an instant, it an instant is. world. I mean, it's just mm. the, the uh, you know, 24-7, and then is it Frank Sinatra, you know, New York, New, New York, New York, there's the city that never sleeps. But in all ways... We'd be like that now, aren't we? It never sort of, it never sort of ends. But I think it's a fantastic idea mm, yeah. to send your book of poems out 
And if you don't mind, I'm randomly going to share some of the poems. I hope I, you know, my glasses, right, Diane's 50th birthday. <laughs> Who's Diane? Diane's one of my daughters. Will she be possibly listening? Is she she was going to come, but yes. she missed. Yes, have... yes, yeah. <laughs> so, and if you don't mind me asking, how old is Diane now? Oh, now then, I have to go back. Older than 50. Oh, yes. Diane's going back in time, Katie. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> if, you can re- if you can't remember, just this point might bring back a few memories, so happy 50. <laughs> <laughs> I can get away with anything by the way. So this is Diane's 50th birthday. And, and mum, mum has actually said, these are not my words, mum said it were a long time ago, but those are not my words. <laughs> Life begins at 50. If you missed the last few years, enjoy every moment as you rev up through the gears. Don't dwell on sad reminders. Forget all of the awful things. Just look forward to the happy times the coming years will bring. Good stuff. I like that. <laughs> yeah. In, in fact, in fact, as my late mum said, David, you're a bit thick, because it says here, does the 18th of June 2010 remind you? Is that my birthday? <laughs> That's, oh, yes. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> so we all know how old that is now. <laughs> I'm thinking that doesn't rhyme. I thought that's not bad for me, Josh. <laughs> so, there you go. All right, then. Rosie's 17th birthday. Rosie's granddaughter. No? Is she your granddaughter? She yes, she is. Sorry. Grand- yes. Granddaughter. Right. Okay, then. Okay. 17 today, how wonderful. I hope that you are blessed with a life that's full of lovely things and all of your fears addressed. You've had a safe and happy childhood. Someday you will realize of all the things that you you have had, this is your biggest prize. Be happy, but be sensible. Confide in mum and dad, because I know most of the problems you will have, they have already had. Failing that, they ease your your wise old nana Sitting in a rocking chair with ears willing to listen if things get hard to bear. Oh, oh beautiful. Yes. Right. Let's have, a, let's have one here. Let's just do it randomly now. Okay. Oh, goodness me. Scrooge's Christmas. <laughs> oh, I think it's a classic here. There you go. The thought of Christmas just fills me with dread. I think I'll just stay in bed. <laughs> There's no trouble to tell it. My appetite's gone. They'll be calling me Scrooge before long. The kids are grown up and all gone away. When they were little, we had a great day. No Santa comes here, comes near now. For means pies and wine, he's obviously found somewhere better to dine. Now the phone's ringing and I'll bet you a penny This is the first call of many. Hello there, happy Christmas. We're all coming to call, so it might not be so bad after all. (laughs) We thought that we were going to end end bad. Um, Right, I'll do a couple more, and then I think we'll have to probably call it a day. Um, Okay, I'm just going to pick them randomly by the title. Okay, here we go. 
Retirement. Let's do retirement, yeah? <laughs> okay. <laughs> a sweet little cottage with clematis round the door, a wood bench outside. Who could ask for more? A haven of quiet, pure domestic bliss. Husband with slippers on. What's better than this? Mother attentive, making a brew. Smiles at hubby. What can I get you? Life's just sublime. No shouting or bickering. If you believe this fairy tale, you believe anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just so well there. I'm just so well there. Um, right, let's just let me just think. Hey, I was um, I was going to say I wanted to ask Yvonne what yes. if you were to meet your 18 year old self, what would you change? What what advice would you give them? Get yourself to Yorkshire quicker. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. I know, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It is, yes. Yes, I don't know what to say, really. It's a long time ago, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't change anything. You'd, I think a lot of people say that, though, don't yeah. they? Because the, the, the thing is, I think, I think what we've all come to realise is it's all right to say with a bit of hindsight, isn't it? Because it's probably fair for me to say that when you're a teenager, regardless of where you're from, we're all a bit young and daft, you know everything. You know, mum and dad... Mum and dad become a point where they know nothing. You get possibly mm. a little bit rebellious and you get yourself in a few daft ways, don't you? And you can take on all the world. <laughs> and as you've sort of said in, in some of the some of the poems, you sort of think, well, you know, what can I do? And then it sort of turns out all right. But I think as you get older, you probably are a bit more stable or probably a bit yeah. possibly financially I think better. I would have and made... it's hard to, to sort of say things. Something, yeah, isn't it? sorry. I think I would have made more of the... Um, Opportunities I was given. Mm. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 That's very right. True. Well, we're going to finish on ducks galore. <laughs> <laughs> I know. This is a good one. What's black and it's not a rude one, is it? Uh, no. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes I'm running blind here, aren't I? You know, so I'm just not going to come next. I'm like, right, ducks galore. What's black and white with yellow feet? Loves lots of lettuce and corn to eat. Duckingham Palace is their home. When given the chance, they love to roam. Splashing about in their little bath, making dirty piles on their garden path. They love their house, which was built by Morris. Of course you guessed, it's Dillis and Doris. <laughs> <laughs> that was my, one of my granddaughters uh, when she was little. She had these pet ducks. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's brilliant, it's brilliant. Well, I have to say, if anyone else wants to sort of add, I've thoroughly enjoyed driving up to Bainbridge <laughs> once more. I have to say, for people tuned in, anybody in the UK, I mean, obviously I'm not a million miles away, only an hour, so Silsday, we're all part of Yorkshire. I'm sure some of my friends and fellow poets and authors know where Bainbridge is and all this lovely part of North Yorkshire. If you're not, then... Google it, as the saying goes, and get yourself up. Yeah, into the, get visiting. Get into yes. What, <laughs> get in touch with the WI and Bainbridge. And we've had a few people tuning down, down under and in the good old US of A. God bless America. <laughs> and, um, so if you want to make the, um, the trip across the pond, I'm sure some of you yanks might have um, <laughs> some link. You know, they might have a link to Yorkshire so it's Yorkshire not Yorkshire <laughs> bad 
now, sorry. But they're not my friends. I've been, <laughs> I've been silly because I've been there. And give you a fantastic welcome. Mm, so just definitely. Sort of, Alison, put Dub, the spot W-I cake. Why? Yeah, well, cake. Yeah. And they've got a good gym. There's some good long walks to watch. <laughs> what can it offer? What can um, Ears Garth and oh, Laban gosh. and Bainbridge, why should people visit oh, this beautiful it's, park? It's just beautiful. Well, it's just Go. beautiful. Full full stop, beautiful. It's, it's one of the most beautiful parts of the world. Any day will be different the weather the, the great thing about it is because people don't necessarily complain about the weather if you set off by the time you've walked for 10 minutes it'll have stopped raining so you can't you can't not do something because of the weather in fact you just embrace it because we can have double rainbows we can have you know sunlight hitting the hills and lighting up with little pockets of light you know this time of year the colors and the tree there's a tree opposite the house i live in in Wurton and it's going to slowly start to go orange and I get really excited when I see it just starting to do that because it, it, you know, it's just beautiful I've, I've loved it, I came up here when I was seven years old, we used to come and do family holidays up here which is how I've ended up uh, living here and I just um, thank my lucky stars that we had our family holidays here because I fell in love with the Dales and, and so I'd recommend anyone to come it's, it's good, it's good stuff to do a bit of writing poetry, yep. oh, make yep. a cake we're talking about a fast pace of life no. Exactly. So well, I think, would you say ease, when I say it's a slower pace of life, would you say it's a more controlled way of life living in this fantastic part of the world? Yeah. Like it's still going to be busy, it's still busy, it's still a bit fast paced, but it's not, like you say, it's not the motorways, it's no. not the, town, the big town, the big city. And would you say that living around here, you're very much connected with nature? Yes. And yes. one with yourself yeah. at times? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Very relaxing. Yeah. Yes. You, you get to where you're going when you get there. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't I, have to be <laughs> like dashing. Well, sadly, that's the end of another writer's bookshelf podcast. And all you global listeners, if you like what you've been listening to, don't forget to keep on downloading and pass it all on to your friends. I'm just looking to my left and there's some cake. And my late mum said, <laughs> David, just, you know, don't leave food wasted. And nope. believe me, I'm going to be a total food vacuum when I click this <laughs> microphone off. Because they've promised me another drink of coffee. They don't know it now, but we're going to have another coffee, I think. <laughs> we're going to have some more cake. If you want to find out a little bit more, get to the website, daviddriverauthor.com. I'm going to say... Goodbye, and hopefully we'll see you all next time. So you can say bye, say bye, everybody. Bye, bye, everybody. (laughs) Get yourself to Bainbridge. Yay. Bye. Bye. Generally, on the, on the history and the people who lived in the Preston under Scar, I wrote an article on each person going back to the 1933s, each person which house they lived in, what, what the work was, and often funny little stories about them. And then later on in life, when things changed and things got better, 
and things moved on, I write about that sort of thing. Oh, lovely. And the piece you're going to read to us today is something that you wrote for, um, you, you wrote and read uh, for the Dialect Heritage Project. Is that right? That is correct. Yes, it and it's written in local dialect. Yes, That's in how a dialect I... which doesn't have proper spelling. You've just got to make the best of it you can when you read it, and, and that's how it goes. Brilliant. I was brought up at Lyle Village, a Preston under Scar, at Middle Wednesdaydale, in early 30s, and that's why I learned to speak as I do. My next door neighbour says to me, what's to doing today? I says, I've gone up to the library. What's to gone there for? Who doesn't read books? I've gone because I get a message from Delta telling me to get me sent up today because they're wanting folks who can speak as proper folks born in Yorkshire and uh, no knows. On arrival, I greet last at counter. How do I says, how is to? I gets a very warm welcome for lass who can't understand me language. She probably goes for the village for the down deal. I ask her what to looking for. Yorkshire dialect, she says. Rita says, I'll get this on. I guess him and writes down words I heard when I was a lad in Preston. We had many old characters living in village, both men and women. I listened to tales and remember them real well. I starts off with Dave, I starts off with Dave, a chap called Dick, a general farm labourer and shepherd. His first job in morning, foddered horse, water it, get Galloway ready for mower, then entered Kubaya to milk cows. A fella arrives at scene. Hey up, it's Eddie. Always hot catch. How do good, Dick? How is that? That's no but fair. Shouted, giving me jeep. What's day like outside, Eddie? It's the Dowling, snizzy and cold. Eddie asks, can't you lend me a pike of the bucket? I'll give it back in morning. Aye, help the send. Pouches it pocket. It's number brown twist, they'll let her cut it theyself. Dick thinks to himself, that's last they'll see the backy. Milking hour, time to go him for a quick bite of breakfast, then get ready to go shepherding. As Dick was gone him, he noticed his Maudis were playing havoc with goose, his horse pasture. Bread and cheese, wrapped in cloth, a bottle of cart tea, shoved into an odd ex army bag, and on his way. He saddles Galloway and tucks the hard bitch with him for the day. On the way back, him, it, it late afternoon, he goes across two chaps. One a good big chap, looking like two yards of tap water, and a lyle fat fella, both in need of a good wash. Dick thought to his son, these look like two likely lads for robbing a hen nest. They were looking for work, as men at that time were desperate to get a job anywhere. Pressing like all Lyle villages, had its spot where folk gathered to talk. Bottom of Chaplew's spot what, where problems were all sorted out. Dick gets back about four o'clock 
and does job before going home for tea. Passing meeting spot, on his way, he stops to pass time of day and gets out news. Mac, a fella on crutches, sits there day after day on steps. He gets out news. He tells Dick that Percival has scaled up with horse and trap at Harrywood. A wheel came off trap and all lot ended up with bottom at wood. But Tommy was lucky. Now it was, he was lucky not to have it getting out rotten. Three lads, two big ones, one lalan, were playing near water trough. Lads were arguing when old Ernie arrived at scene. Feeling sorry for Lal lad, Ernie says that big lads, new lads, do more Melanie. A lad arrives from school with her apple in hand. Apple. He collared it out of Horner's garden. He gets to see his father at farm. What's the getting there, lad? Father asks. Now, no summit, lad says. Well, they'll have to just, there's just a time for dinner, but there'll be not much today, cause missus is washing. They'll have to help me tonight to square up hospital stable. They'll have to, they can't get it to chop, and so they'll have to go through to the other way. Two lads played out all day beneath beers famished. Time began to gan him, but the parting words, see that tonight. All right, I'll see that. How Jack gets to chop yance a week for yanna yant them cakes, Mrs. Parkinson bakes. But he must have gotten out of bed hour early, a spot hasn't opened yet. There's a chapel, chapel do on next week, can't it come? Nay, the water tells us aforehand, I sum it on. What's news today? Out happening? Very little. Do knows not. Can't you give me a hand, Dick? Aye, I'll not be a minute. Well, could this way. A young lad was telling his father about another lad who tells leaves. His father replied, Always tell truth, lad. They'll number be found out. When war broke out, spot were full of bands for tunes. Schedule could couldn't couldn't take us all at school, so nobody went three days a week. Dick sees Dick sees three chaps talking. He knows two, but doesn't come to them. Well, folk, we've had an interesting day talking about Nout. I hope there's learned some it, and when it comes back to Dale again, they can understand every spoken word. Though they may have found us a queer lot, but what they see is what we hear. Time to make the way back home, yourselves back to where you come from. I enjoyed your company, have a good journey back, and look forward to seeing you again. Good day, I'll see you. <laughs> oh, thanks, Albert. That's just wonderful. So, so, and you, you, you wrote that to, to just express the dialect. Yeah, that just to express the dialect. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it does, does it a, a great job and, uh, you know, incredibly interesting. And how much time do you get to write? You know, do you have to set a bit of time aside every day? No, 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 no. It's just when I feel like it. When you feel just like when, it. When I feel like it. I get all sorts of ideas in my head. Good. All the time. I'm great thinker. <laughs>
<laughs> I was scheming, I mean, for work and everything. It's my way. I can't help it. And I'll, I'll be trying to learn. And I mean, I could say many more words, Yorkshire dialect, uh, you yeah. know, because you turn anything into it. Yes. Any, every word is broken up, more or less, turn it into it. That's it. Yeah. But and I just do it for pleasure. You see, I mean, I'm a Rotarian, and uh, I can't pass them on because they wrote it. But after a meeting, I'll, I'll come home and write an exaggerated thing about funny <laughs> things. And that sort of it's only for me all pleasure. Yeah, but it's yeah. all inspiration from people around you and things yeah. that are going yeah. on I around like people, you. you see. Yeah, yeah. I like people. When I go on holiday, I mean, I'm not one for going to sit. I mean, I've gone all over the world. I don't go and sit on sands and things like that. I like to talk to local people. And you can always get through, even to foreigners. This is it, and you have some wonderful conversations. You learn a lot. Yes, yeah. yeah. From oh. simple things, all from nothing. Yeah. All from yeah. nothing. And yeah. then great that you record it down in, in your writings yeah. For, yeah. for us. And, and thank you so much for, for sharing those with us today, Albert. Yeah, we'll see how you go on. Thank There'll you. There'll maybe things to load up alone. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it.